And welcome back to the podcast by the Democrat Gazette, uh, Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette Sports Department. This is The Shop, We're gonna, where we talk about all things sports every week. Today with me, I'm Chip Souza. We've got Henry Apple on my right, Paul Boyd on my left, and we don't have any fires today. Our, our fire is out. That's why we're freezing in here. Yeah, Ricky, Ricky Fires is not here today. We, we granted him a, a day of vacation, uh, although I'm against vacation altogether for anybody except for me. Uh, but anyway, so we let him have a day off, and uh, so he's not here today. So it's us three guys, or as we should say, it's anybody, everybody who's anybody is here. So a lot of good games to talk about that were last week in week six of the high school football season in conference play. Um, so we're going to start out with the game that was – Maybe it was the game of the century. I don't know. It was a good game, though. Springdale High, 43. Springdale Harbor, 42. First time since 2006 that Springdale has been able to beat Springdale Harbor. And, of course, it had to be in an epic you know, game uh, for that to happen. So I'll kind of walk you through that. That was the game that I was at. So, anyway, it was a, um, not a, a well-played game. I think there were combined 20 penalties uh, or more uh, in the game, so it wasn't really a clean-played game, but it was um, a good an, an entertaining game. Um, Jay Burns, now I'm going to talk about him real quick. He was the running back at Harbor. Um, had not seen him play. Had not He had not touched a ball offensively this the whole year. And so Max Pena, the running back that had been playing for Springdale Harbor, was hurt. And so they inserted Jay Burns in at running back. 323 or 24 yards, something like that, on 30 carries. Uh, scored, I believe it was four touchdowns. So he kind of came out of nowhere. That was that was a surprise, I think, to a lot of people. If you, if you remember back, or maybe you don't, because he didn't have a huge impact on the game. But this is also the player who um, had, had gotten injured in the Springdale Harbor and Pulaski Academy game on a melee a little bit on the side on the sideline after a kickoff um, and had to be taken off the field on a stretcher. Um, so, anyway, he came in and played running back last week, and um, he was incredible. I mean, just, you know, in great speed, you know, hit the hole well. Um, so, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on him um, for Harbor as the season moves on. But how about Springdale and Grant Allen leading the team down the field for not just one touchdown in the final four minutes, but two touchdowns, including the last one with under, you know, 10 seconds to go in the game, uh, took the team down, scored a touchdown, got them within one. There was never a doubt. Uh, Zach Clark said they never uh, – they already had it, had it planned, had the play planned that they were going to run when they scored, you know, scored a touchdown. Not if they scored, but when they scored. Um, and uh, so they, they, you know, they were going to go for the win. They weren't going for the tie to play for overtime. They were going for the win. Um, and so the play they called – um, Allen took the snap, and the play that they wanted to run was completely covered up. So they had to improvise, and you know when that happens, kind of chaos ensues, and, and people kind of get all over the place, and you get kind of lost. And uh, he was able to find a receiver there uh, in the end zone, uh, Cornelius, Cornelius uh, for the two-point conversion and the win, and it just sent you know that stadium into delir- delirium um, when the clock you know went to zeros. Uh, kids for you know from Springdale stormed the field. The students did, and um, so it was a, you know, it was kind of a fun atmosphere, uh, you know, to be uh, to be in, and uh, and it was a good game. But anyway, um, you know, that was, you know, I think, you know, it'll be hard to top that one, you know, as far as excitement is concerned and everything. But uh, but it's like, uh, you know, uh, Zach Clark said, the coach, you know, Springdale coach said after the game, um, he didn't think the kids handled the 
the win uh, very well. But, you know, you know that old saying, you know, act like you've been there before? Well, it's hard to act like you've been there before if you haven't been there before. So, uh, you know, they, uh, Zach said, we'll do better. We'll learn how to, how to do this better and, and uh, learn how to handle uh, success better. But, you know, it's a big deal. It was a big deal to the kids at Springdale. And he, something that was kind of eye-opening was, you know, he said these kids were like four years old the last time Springdale beat Harbor. Um, so, anyway, a big, big win for Springdale uh, moving forward and, uh, you know, a very exciting game. So let's talk about some other games that were, that were around the area. Henry, let's talk about the Alma Airedales getting a big win down at Morton. A very big win on the road and how it took place. You were talking about how with Springdale it come down to the two-point conversion. Well, here comes Alma in their situation. They score with two minutes, 32 seconds left. It makes it at the time 22-21. Morlton still with the lead. They go rush up for, they was going to kick the extra point at first, and all of a sudden you see Doug Lockridge, nope, we're calling timeout. We're going for the win, and sure enough, they got it where Grayson Bailey, who was a, like a slot receiver. And a, very, his, and a very good one at that. Yeah, ran his route, cut to the outside, and just hauled in the two-point conversion pass right there in the uh, back corner of the end zone, made it 23-22, but still there was two and a half minutes left to play. A lot of time. Morlton gets the kickoff and marches down inside the 20 with three seconds left. And you're thinking, okay, and they've got a very good kicker over there. But always, you know, fate plays a wicked curveball now and then. On this one, the snap was bobbled, and the kicker tried to kick the ball anyway. And it instead of going over the uprights, it went under the uprights, and that doesn't count. Mm. So Alma remains undefeated in the 5A West. They, we, we've talked about them. You know, Alma played a tough non-conference schedule, a really tough schedule. Um, although they had beaten Van Buren, you know, they had owned that series, like Springdale Harbor had owned that series against Springdale. But Van Buren, much better team this year. Um, so Alma went, you know, 0-3 in non-conference, and you're kind of thinking, well, maybe, you know, maybe old Alma, you know, this might not be their year. And then once week four got here and conference play kicked in, Alma has not lost a game, and they're you know they're right in that driver's seat. Now we know they've got a big one coming up against Harrison. But congratulations to Coach Lothridge and Alma uh, got another big win in conference play, and they're sitting there atop the 5A West standings at three and Paul, let's go down to Mansfield last week. Now we've talked about Mansfield for the first time, and maybe since President Roosevelt was in office or whenever, but a long time. Uh, that Mansfield is undefeated. They hosted Charleston last week, and we kind of thought, well, this will be Mansfield's, you know, this will be the end of that undefeated streak. Didn't quite happen that way, did it, Paul? Not so much. You know, and I said, you know, the one thing stuck out for me, 10 points. They gave up 10 points. That uh, that Mansfield defense has been something. And, you know, to do that against Charleston, I I think that validates them, uh, especially the defense. Well, they have to just be absolutely just you know beside themselves at Mansfield to be you know to be six and zero like this and um, you know and hats off to them and they and their you know their coach said before the season started he he thought this this group had a chance to be really good and everybody you know all of us quote unquote experts kind of said yeah you know it, we'll we'll you know we'll believe that when we see it well we are seeing it and you know and they're undefeated and they're having a great season down there so. 
uh, you know, just congratulations to the Red Tigers down at Mansfield. They're, they are putting together quite a season down there. Absolutely. You know, the big quarterback, Ethan Stovall, uh, you know, he's, he's done a nice job leading that offense, got some offensive weapons behind a good, good solid offensive line. Uh, they're just, just a, sol- a good, solid football team. And like you said, all, all us uh, so-called experts, uh, we're, we were kind of going, eh, I don't know. When, when, when are they going to get beat? You know, when are they going to lose? Well, they're still sitting there undefeated. So, uh, good luck to them. Good luck to them for the rest of their season. Well, this week Mansfield gets to travel to Boonville. Now, we know Boonville is obviously a powerhouse. Um, they were a powerhouse in 4A. They got moved down to 3A this year. They lost their all-state quarterback, the leader of their team, the first game of the season um, when they lost Brandon Ulmer, went down with a, with a knee injury. So, Boonville, we thought, would take a step back without – you know, it, when you lose a quarterback at the 3A level, that's really hard to place, especially one like Brandon Omer. Boonville has not skipped a beat. Not at all. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. A kid like Omer, who, yes, he's a quarterback, he's a great athlete, he's a Division One, going to be a Division One baseball player in college, but he's the trigger man for that offense. But, boy, uh, Boonville, the one thing Boonville knows how to do is run the football. They do. They do. And you know they're the one of those school uh, teams that they don't they don't run the spread they they line it up and run uh, you know they they do run the ball effectively now last week Boonville hosted Greenland now Greenland is an offensive they are a really good offensive team and they've proven that time and time again they put up big numbers uh, the week before against Mansfield in a close loss they put up big numbers again last week and at halftime that that game was a 34-27 game Boonville led by a touchdown at halftime. Paul, what happened in the second half? Uh, second half was all Boonville, 28 un- unanswered points. Uh, you know, Greenland finally got on the board in the last minute of the game, but by that time it was all over. Uh, Boonville had three kids over 100 yards rushing. Carson Ray, 144 yards, four touchdowns, plus a fifth receiving. So it's it's hard when a team runs the ball effectively like Boonville does. Not only does that demoralize your defense, not only that. But it chews up that clock, and so it doesn't give you an opportunity. Um, even if you're a high, you know, a spread team that can score fast, when they're chewing up, you know, four or five, six minutes off the clock, like a good run game that Boonville has will do, it just, it absolutely just, you know, it takes away any opportunity you have to come back because you don't have enough time. Well, and it puts more pressure. You're down, and if you're down, you get down like two scores against those guys and you get the ball, well, the pressure is on that offense. We have to perform. We need to go score to keep up with these guys. Well, and you give it back to them, hey, what are they going to do? Like you said, you're going to chew it up again. So this week, Boonville is the place to be in Class 6A. This will be the game of the week, I think, in Class 3A. Mansfield at Boonville. We're going to have two undefeated teams going at it. Uh, The winner of this one is going to be the conference champion. Uh, Mansfield, regardless of who, you know, Boonville loses, Mansfield loses, you know, probably going to be the, the number two seed um, in this conference. I don't think anybody saw that happening um, when the season started. We figured it was going to be a Boonville-Charleston dogfight and everybody else was going to get scraps. Well, Mansfield has certainly changed that outlook, and, and Mansfield is right in the thick of that to get to win this conference, to be the number one seed or maybe the number two seed, depending on, you know, how this one shapes up Friday night. So, uh, I'd like to say Boonville will walk with this one. Uh, 
I'm on that Tiger bandwagon. I'm, I, you know, I'm not saying they're going to beat Boonville, but I'm saying it's not a slam dunk. Boonville's going to win, you know, going to run away with this game either. Well, another team in that league that Henry Apple mentioned is Lamar. Quietly, Lamar. And they're a team that not many people are talking about. You know, they look at that conference and it's all Charleston and Boonville. Mansfield's making noise. Not many people are talking about Lamar. Henry, I think that's a mistake. It definitely is. Uh, Josh Jones, hey, he runs a, this kind of unique type of offense that he ran in magazine when he was winning state championships there. So, my goodness, all it takes is just a few breaks. And you're not only battling for conference championship, you know, if you're a two or three seed in that conference, you're trying to get a home playoff game. So, these games in the next two or three weeks are really – becoming extremely important. You know, Lamar, it's funny. I talked to Josh after their game the other night, and uh, their first touchdown the other night was scored by the backup quarterback. Um, they had uh, stopped uh, – I can't remember now who they played, but they had stopped, stopped them. Uh, might have been, might have been, I can't West Fork. I can't remember who they played. Anyway, on the play before the starting quarterback, which is Ike Feltz over there, he had gotten his helmet uh, ripped off or knocked off or whatever, so he had to set out a play, and that was the play that they had the ball and put the backup in. He scored a touchdown uh, to put them ahead. But Lamar's very good. They have two really big tight ends. They, you know, on on each side of that offensive line, and uh, they, you know, they just line up and just mash you. Uh, again, th- this is going to be a really, really interesting race. You got three undefeated teams up there, and. Uh, Still some big games. You're you're correct on the Mansfield-Boonville, but that's not the only big game. There'll be some other big games down the road in that league. There will be. So let's go back up to uh, 7A real quick. Henry, you saw, uh, uh, you know, the Bentonville Tigers. They have got it all together, and they, uh, you know, they're. I'm sorry, were you at West? Or? I was at West. You were. There you go, Paul. Tell me about Bentonville from last week. Well, Bentonville, I, I tell you what, uh, the uh, the quarterback Hughes at uh, he at threw for three touchdowns, and they had the, you know you guys told me they had a stable of running backs. Well, I think I saw all of them out out the stable. Uh, you know they they put it on Rogers Heritage pretty good, and and but uh, really really good offensive football team. Boonville, um, you know, is a team that also zero and three. You know, in non conference. I'm mean, sorry, Bentonville zero uh, and three in non conference conference play started. You know, they not only have they won three straight in conference, they've won three convincingly in conference play. So they've kept that unbeaten streak going. Henry, tell us about Bentonville West. Same situation. They went 0-3 in conference play, and possibly, you know, they've had, had to deal with a lot of injuries. But the younger kids are now starting to step up, and, you know, you can't really call them sophomores and inexperienced anymore because they're getting games under their belt, whether it's, Dalton McDonald at quarterback, three sophomores on the offensive line. And uh, you never expect something as minute as an offsides penalty to turn a game, but that's what happened Friday night. Uh, West was only leading seven to nothing at the time, had a fourth and eight at the Rogers 47. And Brian Pratt told me after the game, he says, I was just about to call a timeout because and I didn't really want to punt, Rodgers gets called for offsides. Oh. So it then becomes, instead of fourth and eight, it's now fourth and three. And No uh, doubt there, he's going for it. He went for it. And also Tyree Smallwood told me that during that timeout, he told Brian Pratt, give me the ball, I'll get you a first down. 
He did that and a little bit more. He got a 42-yard touchdown run, and that started everything going and eventually led up to a 41-14 victory. Small, uh, uh, Tyree Small, he had a great game Friday night. He did. Uh, uh, finished up with 10 carries for 185 yards. I'm no math major, but I think that's about, what, 18 yards a carry? Yeah, uh, 178 of it came in the first half, and one of his touchdown runs was one of those you almost expect to see Chris Berman around going whoop, 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 because he was making some moves. It's a Barry Sanders type thing, which back, he's about the same size as, as Barry Sanders. Just about. So did J- Jaden Jackson, I see that he was shut out, didn't, didn't catch a pass in that game? Shut out, but then again, he didn't need to. Yeah, he, he occupies you know, so much of the focus of, of you know the defense that sometimes you know he can be a decoy and, and you know still be just as effective. Yeah, because that opens up the the avenues for a Stephen Dyson who caught two touchdown passes. Um, Tucker Swoboda caught several passes. Dalton McDonald's older brother is one of the receivers. Dakota. Like seven or eight catches in that game. Seven or eight catches. And it, it was funny. We were hearing it in the press box. They were calling it the McDouble. I got that. That's <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Uh, and, of course, Fayetteville kept that, you know, they kept rolling. They rolled over Van Buren 50 to 14 last week. Uh, another another big game from Hank Gibbs. He's kind of settling in at quarterback. Now, we know Darius Bowers, the starter, is going to be back possibly this week. You know, we'll, we'll see how that is. But, uh, you know, Gibbs, he was shaky against Bentonville West, but the last two games, you know, you've seen his comfort level, you know, rise dramatically, and he's played really well. You know, Fayetteville taking away Jaden Jackson, who is, I think, the best receiver in, in – I think he's the best receiver in the state, period, but um, not counting Burks down at, at Warren, but I'm just saying at this level at 7A, Jaden Jackson's a heck of a player. But Fayetteville's got several really, really good receivers. Connor Flanagan, he gets a lot, you know, a lot of attention. you got Bo Stuckey, he gets a lot of attention. Charbonneau, another great player. So Fayetteville's got some really, really good receivers, and it seems like um, you know Gibbs has settled in there and is, is able to get that ball out to those guys, and, and you know they're getting a lot of runs after the catch and things like that. So I know they want Bowers back, and obviously he's a big time quarterback. But but Fayetteville's done; they've done okay, you know, and and finding a good backup for for Bowers and, and Gibbs. There's no question about that. So that's about it for this week's edition of the shop. We want to make sure that you follow all prep sports in the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette each week where we'll have all kinds of feature stories, you know, previews for Friday night's games, stat leaders, standings, things like that. Uh, don't forget we'll, be, uh, we'll also have the prep rally video that we'll have later this week with uh, myself and Rick Fires on that. We'll see what kind of shenanigans that uh, Ricky comes up with this week. It's always something. Um, so thanks for joining us, and we will uh, see you next time.